Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Storm King's Teddy, Session 18. How you doing, Kat? Doing well. How about you? Uh, my voice is shot. Um, head cold and, um, you know, wake up in the morning and it's uh, it's just a mess from all the drainage. But, um, yeah, other than that, feeling pretty good. How about you? I'm certainly better. Yesterday I was in headphones for about 12 hours. So I was kind of getting a pretty killer migraine towards the end of the day, but you know, I'm shaking it off today. Yeah. So, um, we had Miku's game. Um, that was a three hour session. Then we did our, uh, anime club podcast. So that was right at an hour. Um, and then we had Teddy's game for four hours. <laughs> so yeah. Um, when uh, when we ended up doing the uh, fight in the second district uh, where York was, I could have taken over a character. I was ready to get out of my headphones, so I just unplugged and listened to it on uh, on my speakers instead of um, being uh, tied in. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering why you didn't decide to choose a character. I thought you were just like, oh, I'm not choosing a character because I don't care what happens to York, and well, I'm gonna be like, oh, fuck this guy, and I'm, I'm, whatever I'm, happens, happens. I might have been tempted to stab him. <laughs> no, uh, well, and the other thing uh, was my, <clears throat> like I said, my voice is uh, kind of going, so um, I just decided to uh, sit out and watch the fireworks. But, uh, but it was a good fight. Um, that, uh, that district was, I think, pretty close. Um, I think Kolos really, um, did some damage there. Um, yeah. He's a machine. Um, I, I think each district had their win con on, like, who was dealing out the most amount of damage. Um, and Kolos certainly was the win con for that. Not yeah, to mention everyone else that played along. Like, he had his gladiators, and, um, you know, there was the player characters as well helping out. Um, so, um, I was just about ready to say the win con in our fight was um, Prue. Holy cow. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So, uh, let's let's talk about the district fights first. It was a pretty much a full night of combat. Uh, we did get a little bit of RP at the end, um, you know, in the last, what, 15, 20 minutes. But overall, um, so the fight in uh, Southwatch, um, when we showed up, Porsche's, Porsche was, I don't know, second or third in initiative. No, I was third. She was first or second. And when her opening shot, she put it on one of those bolt throwers and killed it outright. One shot. Well, yep. not one shot. It was uh, multiple shots, but still uh, one round. And, yeah. and also I, uh, the, the bullets exploded and did uh, a little bit of splash damage to creatures around it. It was, I, I was amazed how much damage came out of her that round. Yep. I, um, adopted um Belmare once again for this fight and she rolled really high on her initiative and there's not much I can do as Belmare. I can pretty much just attack and parry. 
Um, she has a cool ability, but that would expose a secret of hers. So I did. I avoided that like the plague. Like I'm not going to expose her secret. Um, we as players know that she's a changeling, but people in game, other than Winifred and Mask, they they don't. No one else knows. Um, so I immediately was, immediately was just like, hey, hey, Prue, um, you want my like 22 initiative, and I'll take your initiative instead because I'm like, you'll do a hell of a lot more work with a higher initiative than I would. Yeah, you weren't wrong. Um, that's, uh, that's some impressive range damage right there. Um, I would be more afraid to stand in front of Prue than one of those bolt throwers. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, that, um, that fight went pretty well. Uh, So when Keelan showed up on scene, she didn't have a whole lot left in the tank. Um, she had used, uh, essentially all of her third level spell slots. Um, so she couldn't do her spirit guardians. Um, so basically made the, uh, decision to try and keep people up on their feet with, uh, heels and uh was somewhat successful with that uh she did end up casting a bless spell for prue um and also for uh let's see uh harshnag and who was the third person that benefited from that oh um uh Gorinac, right or no uh the graybeard was it gold? Yeah. Is it Golnack Greybeard? Yeah, Golnack and Greybeard are the same. Yeah, so uh, those are the three. Uh, Golnack ended up going down in that fight, so he lost the benefits. But uh, and it ended up that the other two didn't need them. But uh, since they were our primary damage dealers, I wanted to make sure that they connected. And the rest of the time, basically, I threw, um, you know, um, healing word to get people back up on their feet. I did use my uh, divine uh, power to uh, heal up one of the half giants, um, and yeah, that was um, it. Was a pretty straightforward fight. Uh, it looked like it was going to be more dicey than it was, um, but uh, as soon as Galrinak was able to engage, and um, you had Prue mowing down people. Those half giants were doing serious damage. They were. Uh, yeah, I, was, I was. I was really surprised at the damage output that they could put out. Yeah, that was. Uh, I was expecting some lower numbers out of them, but uh, they were. Uh, they were thrown down. So, um, Greybeard didn't do a whole lot. He kept the uh, entangle up, um, which helped slow uh, some of the some of our opponents from getting to us right away, but, um, yeah, not, he didn't do, uh, just a whole lot of damage. Um, anyway, I don't think that we lost anyone. Um, d- did we end up losing anybody? Because at the end of the fight, I brought back the two, um, Shapeshifters? Shapeshifters. Uh, did we lose any druids? I don't think we lost any druids. One of the half-giants went down, but you brought them back up. Um, and I don't... Yeah, I don't think we lost any druids. I mean, we lost a couple of, like, the sentient 
tree guardian guardians. But I think that was the real casualties. Yeah, that's true. Oh, and and Golrenak himself went down, but you brought him back again. Right, but uh, I think Golrenak had, was the one that um, made those sentient trees because when he went down, the the ones that were still active went inactive. Yeah. So um, that was probably, uh, they were probably just trees that, he had animated is my guess. Yeah. So there was, in terms of combat, it was pretty straightforward, um, pretty open space. There's a tents um, scattered around the area. There's a big bonfire in the middle. There's a bunch of dire wolves, um, ogres. Um, oh, what were those big guys? Were they hill the, giants? Uh, Ettons, and then we had uh, a hill giant, right? Then we had like three hill giants or something like that. And we had two trolls. Yeah, trolls. And uh, there were... Um, Winifred was rightfully very worried about the trolls. Um, just because it's hard to keep them down. Although... Um, there was a convenient bonfire in the middle that Keelan was going to start making use of if it was necessary. Ended up not being, but, um, and speaking of, uh, mask, boy, they got into, just exposed themselves to some serious damage, uh, that could have come their way. Yeah, he did. Um, <laughs> when there was a couple moments and one I remember vividly where he just, I was like, well, time to expose myself to danger. And I just audibly just went, oh, like, <laughs> I understand what you're doing. But my, my guy, like, come on, you you can, you can get one shot easily. And it's just like, oof, I, I don't want to see that happen to you. Especially know, with some of the, of his hit point rolls. Yeah. Getting one shot seemed like a, a you know, a, a fair assumption if, if he, if someone actually connected with them. So, yeah, I mean, so I was, I was really scared for, um, mask and Winifred because he, like you said, he was just throwing himself in the fray and he, um, thankfully I don't think he ever got hit or the opportunity for him to be hit never came through because all the enemies just died around him from everyone else's taking their turn. And, the one of the, so, uh, Prue's dad was in this fight and after mask had exposed themselves to, to one of these situations, he's like, Prue, take this guy out. And she's like, uh, there's a giant on my dad. <laughs> I'm not shooting. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so kind of, uh, left him out, to to hang, but that was, uh, that was pretty funny because he really, really wanted that shot over on, uh, the opponent that was on him. And yeah, he wanted it on like a troll or the Etten or something, but yeah, there was, uh, there was like a hill giant on top of Baruch and just almost crushing him to death. Yeah. It did like a belly flop on him. And, uh, so, uh, bravo for the role playing on both sides of that. <laughs> um, so, um, okay. So yeah, like I said, once, uh, we had, um, Harshnag engage and with the damage that the rest of the, you know, the half giants and, and Prue and, 
Uh, everybody else essentially was dishing it out, except for me. I don't know that I did a single point of damage. Um, but I did keep one of the damage dealers in the in the fight, so um, there was that. Um, yeah, I can't say I did much with Belmare either. I threw some daggers at disadvantage, threw some more daggers, missed. Um, I did... I was pretty much a janitor for everyone else doing damage on targets and just leaving them with slivers of health. And Belmare just was the cleanup crew and just picking up the scraps of other people. So I I don't think I contributed much to that fight, if at all. I mean, you contributed more to that fight, and you didn't even do damage, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think I did either. Um I was considering uh, throwing a spiritual hammer out there, but my, I was like, I'm, the amount of use that I'm going to get out of this, if I hit, is, you know what, 10 points of damage? Yeah. And um, at the and it would use my, um, my bonus action, which I would need to use healing words. So I just decided to save my spell slots, and it was a good thing I did. Um, let's see. Okay. So, um, yeah, that fight actually ended up going pretty well, even though I think it looked fairly lopsided at the beginning. Uh, didn't realize that we were going to have quite so many damage dealers on scene. Um, and then the focus went over to, uh, York's district. Uh, I can never, uh, is that the, that's, um, oh. silver wall and respite. Respite, yeah, that's what I was trying to come up with. Um, and you guys had Kolos, that uh, pit champion, uh, Yorick, Talantha, Deidre, um, and then it was uh, you and Lars, right? With um, Portia. With Portia, and was Tick Tick over there? Tick Tick was with us as well. And yeah. you also had some um, gla- like gladiators over there. They were kind of the red shirts. Uh, yeah, we had guards, and I think it was like Kolos's entourage of gladiators is what I assumed they were. Um, they could have been other pit fighters as well, but I-, I assumed they were like minions of Kolos as well. And, you know, first impressions on coming into the scene, uh, everyone's pretty much at full health. There's a giant 30-foot aura around um, Yorick, who's standing in the middle. There's about four dead frost giants and a dead frost wolf. And there was about like six more frost giants and and two more frost wolves that were still alive. And some of them were damaged. Yeah. So... Let the I mean York and his squad were holding down the fort, but that came at a heavy price. Um so we came into the scene and um Portia and Daedra came was like a is like two lanes and then a big open center like square in the middle. Um and giants were just coming from the the ocean and just burrowing through the the buildings just like nothing ever happened to them like they're nothing and um 
Prue and Daedra came from the top left side. It was Tick, Tick, Lars, and myself on the right-hand side, top right. And we just kind of funneled down from there to try and fight off all the giants and the remainder of the wolves. Um, it was pretty scary. Um, I remembered from the other Harbor District fight with um, you, Winifred, and... Um, Oh, no, it was when we were still divided in twos, when it was just you and Winifred and everyone and all the other allies we had there with, like, Bill Mare and Stevie and, um, oh, geez, what, who's Corco. the Harbor District? Oh, uh, yeah, um, uh, what is his name? Wilkes. Yeah, Ash- Ashley Wilkes, is that right? Jonas Wilkes. Jonas Wilkes. Yep. Yep. So, um, I remembered from that fight that the frost giants there they had reasonable ac it wasn't incredibly high but it was manageable to be hit but they also hit pretty damn hard and they had a good amount of hp like a healthy amount of hp for a a giant there were no fire giants those fire giants were scary i i'm very saddened that you missed out on that fight in the uh with Lars and I in the Forge Light District, because those fire giants were terrifyingly strong, and there was only two of them. So yeah. the fact that, you know, there's more frost giants kind of gives you a false sense of security. I was like, okay, there's more of them, but they're probably scaled down a little bit to where it's not that threatening, but they're still pretty damn scary. Yeah, so they're, um, like you said, decent amount of HP, and they're still doing... Um, they're still doing quite a bit of damage. Yeah, like mid-20s, low-30s at some points. And the Winter Wolves um, themselves are actually pretty good opponents. Um, Breath Weapon, also, uh, every time they hit, they can knock you prone. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, so it was, um, it was pretty intimidating to walk into that scene. Um, but, you know... You know, first appearances aside, um, Yorick was literally on the verge of ODing from those Kyber candies that we had long ago when we fought the Mecha Chimera. Like, I think Teddy described it that there was like black varicose veins going from like his to his eyes or whatever and everything. And like he was just pumped up on the shit. Like he was just ate way too many and he was just about to like kill himself over it but that explains why everyone was pretty much healthy and still fighting and why there was enemies down is because he just him in that 30 foot radius aura and just pumping out healing and spells every single turn is just like okay that think that explains a lot yeah, that was um, that was an interesting dynamic. Uh, we have the um, the old man using speed in the middle of the fight. <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. Um, so any um, any the to hit some more of the major topics in this fight, so we don't um, ramble on and do it like bit by bit. Um, uh, from the right, Lars and Tick-Tick, you know, climbed a body of a wolf, jumped up on a roof. Um, I did something similar to that, to where I climbed the dead body of a frost giant onto the roof. And I wasn't 
I was very hesitant to put myself in front of a frost giant because I know they can hit like a truck, but I'm like, as long as I don't get hit, I'm okay. And I can, and if I do get hit, I can probably take a hit and, you know, disengage and go back and sling some Eldritch Blasts here and there. But I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll be fine. I'm at full HP. I don't have any spells, but, you know, I think I'll be okay. And the one I attacked got Vicious Mockeried from Lars, so he had disadvantage to hit on his first attack. So all that being said, I'm like, okay, you know, first attack disadvantage, that'll probably miss. Second attack, probably going to hit, but I'm willing to take that chance because I'll just throw myself in front of my friends and the party, make sure that they can do what they need to do, and I'll be okay. Uh, Spoiler alert, Tabane was not okay. (laughs) <laughs> Tavane basically got two shot. Uh, uh, and taking and, it down to exactly zero. Exactly zero. They did exactly 42 uh, points of H- damage to my HP. Uh, the first hit, unfortunately, was a 22 even at disadvantage. Uh, that did uh, quite, a, quite a bit. And the second hit was just like 25 or something. I'm like, even... I think if I had shield... I could have blocked that first hit, but that second hit was going to hit me regardless. So if I had shield, it would have planned out the way I wanted to, but I didn't have shield because I, I essentially, I just blew my load in that forge light fight because I was not expecting to go into another fight. Yeah. Um, I mean, quite honestly, I didn't realize we were going to be doing extra district fights after we did spare parts. I I was right there with you. I'm like, all right, we're going to do the spare parts fight. Then we'll split up, do go to our respective districts, you know, because we got uh, personal interest in those districts. And then when we back up at spare parts, call it a day and, you know, whatever happens in the other districts happens. Uh, that's not how it worked out because once we cleared out our districts, it's like, all right, let's split up again and go to the other districts. And I was like, oh. So kind of I didn't even scared. realize we were going to do district fights after spare parts. I thought that was our district. And we, we weren't going anywhere else. And so I, I was using spells like, um, like it, that was going to be it and, and putting myself in situations where I could, uh, be more effective, but might take more damage because I thought that was going to be it. And then we ended up going to, uh, you know, splitting up in twos and going to the other districts. And I'm like, Ooh, this isn't going to be good. Fortunately, we got um, some, you know, healing and spell slots back from, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, yeah, uh, Sarissa. Yeah. So, yeah. and then uh, we, and then I thought, man, this is going to be this is going to be bad, and but this will be it. So once again, <laughs> using spells and whatnot, like this is going to be the end of it, and then. Uh, I went into that last fight pretty tapped, and by the end of it, I had really nothing but HP left. That's how I was going into the third fight, because um, I was in a similar boat. Like I, I figured our spare parts fight was like the introductory fight to the city fighting, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to go all out. I'll just do a couple Eldritch Blasts. I'll do a couple, you know, 
green flame blades here and there. I won't overextend myself. I might use a spell or two. I probably should have, but I didn't. I didn't really have a huge opportunity time to do a spell in that fight. But I knew we were going to split up and fight again after spare parts. That's when I was just like, okay, I'll be more frugal with my spells. I'll be a little bit more daring and put myself in situations and, um, you know, kind of like put my all into this fight because that is what I thought was the end. But then after that, when we split up again into threes, that's when I was just like, oh, shit. (laughs) I'm like, I have used almost everything I have in my kit. Um, All I had was just my cantrips, my HP, and four points of lay on hands. And And I mentioned that because that'll come up important later on, and I've learned a valuable lesson. And um, that lesson being? Well, we'll get to it uh, at the end of this fight. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't want to spoil anything. But yeah, so going back to the the fight in York's district, a respite, um, Tommy got two-shotted, you know? Took took me down, exactly my HP went down, and I was like, okay! Like, I was expecting to get hit, but not that much. Um and then the little frost giant just kind of like picked me up and put me in a bag and yep. just went on his merry way. Like Paladin in a poke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thankfully, um, Lars, my savior, my um, Prince Charming, or Tabane's Prince Charming, um, he beforehand gave uh, Tabane a bardic inspiration, which will come up, and he healing boarded her. Uh, bringing her back up to 7 HP. So I wasn't out of the fight, but I had 7 HP, and I was in a bag, confined. Uh, but I then, you know, after some damage with Tick Tick fighting, Lars was fighting that giant, there was some uh, pack tactics with the guards that were doing some damage, they were either, like doing chip damage, to where when it became Tavani's turn again, I swung, I did a green flame blade, and missed, and Teddy's just like, oh, like the leather of the bag is like too strong. Looks like it's too strong. Like you just kind of just graze it and scrape it, but it's too thick, and you just can't really get out of the bag. And I'm like, oh wait, I have a bardic inspiration. So I finally, third time's the charm. Finally got to use one of Lars's bardic inspirations, and it felt really good. Um, and turned that miss into a hit, thereby killing the giant I was in and escaping from my bagged prison you're lucky you didn't fall on the bag (laughs) yeah flashbacks (laughs) to miku's game with my tabaxi and bags Uh, (laughs) um story for another day (laughs) so um yeah that was actually pretty cool uh finishing the giant from inside the pouch um and then um at that point um for me i need to stop saying that um, for me, I just was like, okay, I'm just going to skirt myself in the back lines, hide behind a dead body and just sling Eldritch Blast. Cause I have seven HP and I'm not putting myself in the front in the, in the fray anymore, unless I have to. Um, thankfully it didn't come to that because, um, with the help of, uh, York just pumping out healings, um, Krutik and Lars, you know, jumping up on top of another giant, just you know, massacring him from their shoulders. Portia was slinging out spells left and right, you know, dealing like fire blasts, taking out a giant, um, 
all by herself. Well, not all by herself, but she had the final blow on a giant, um, dealing a lot of damage. She did really good. Uh, and then Kolos and his minions were just slaying everything and anything in their path, working their way from the left all the way to the right. And um, I, one thing that just stuck out to me uh, through that whole fight is is just how much of a bag of tricks Lars is. Yes. <laughs> it's like he's got an endless bottom to the bag of things that he can do. Yeah, I thought I misunderstood the situation Lars and I were in after Forge Light. Like, I thought he was ta- almost tapped out on spells. Like, I figured he had one or two left, but no, he had like two Bardic Inspirations left, a cutting, uh, cutting words. Um, he had like two or three spells left over. I'm like, man, this guy, he's got a lot left in the tank than I thought. Yeah. So, um,. Okay, what else um, stuck out at the, at the battle? Um, not much. Uh, Talantha three coins took a hit. She went down. Um, and I believe it was Dagdra who saved her. Um, and did like a cure wounds on her and brought her back up, and. It was pretty much at that point just God damn it, quit saying that. Um it was cleaning cleaning up, finishing off the last remaining giants and um having Yorick almost pass out an OD. Yeah, like uh went comatose almost. Yes. Yeah. And um uh, this is where I'll bring up the four points of lay on hands again. Is because if I had five I could cure a disease or um, it's a disease or something else Uh, or like a poison, a disease or poison. So um, I could have, instead of what happened where um, it all worked out in the end and I'm glad it did. But um, Portia was really smart enough to take like an alchemist fire and do some, um healing with cure wounds and she i don't exactly know how it panned out but she did a few things here and there and turned an alchemist fire potion into a way to cure um york from his comatose ODing uh from the kyber candies and i think all of that could have been avoided if i just had one more point of h uh lay one more point of lay on hands and I could just spent the five points and cured him from that. And then everything would have been fine, but I had four and I couldn't. So I just sat there just beating myself up. Like I don't have any spell slots. I don't have enough lay on hands. All I can do is sit here and watch this man pretty much just kill himself from the, the drugs. And as, as a paladin that hurt me a lot. Even though I am now more warlock than paladin, it hurt me a lot as a paladin seeing someone suffer. Even though York's not my most favorite Stormlord, it hurt me seeing someone suffer and almost die, and there was nothing I could do about it. Uh, and I guess the potion that um, Portia ended up making was not 100%. It was like 90% or whatever uh, with the roll. 
that right. she made. And so That's, York still could have gotten worse from it. Or straight up died, I think. Which I think was his only worst state left. <laughs> yeah. So, But yeah, it all worked out in the end. Uh, Portia saved him. Really glad for that. Um, Lars made, we all made a medicine check when we first got in there to see what was wrong with him. Portia and Lars knew what was wrong. Tabane was willfully ignorant. Um, had no idea what was going on. She knew something was wrong, but had no idea what was going on. Um, but but between Lars and Portia, they teamed up together, put their heads together, um, and figured out a way to save him as I just, as Tabane just stood there helplessly and watched, internally beating herself up. So the lesson you learned is always try to keep five five points in reserve. Yes, that's my lesson is always keep five because in the, in the Forge Light fight, I had fourteen points of lay on hands, and uh, through some circumstance, I couldn't do any melee attacks or Eldritch Blast attacks. But uh, Gordon was near me, and I'm just like, screw it. I'm like, this is the last fight for Tabane. Um, we're not doing any more fighting after this. I'll just send ten points of healing to Gordon to keep him on his to keep him on his feet. And I'm like, I'll use these other four points to bring up like guards or whatever to bring them back from death. I'll give them one point of HP and make sure they won't die. Uh, hindsight, I should have done nine, leaving myself with five in case there was any diseases. But you live and learn, and now I know. Always keep five. And knowing's half the battle, according to G.I. Joe. Yes. <laughs> uh, tell me you used to watch that cartoon. I did. <laughs> um, okay, so that fight wrapped up, um, and everybody, for the most part, started heading back to spare parts. There were a few of us that were helping with you know, you know, digging people out of rubble, kind of trying to get things straightened up. Uh, Keelan ran through um, the uh, tents of Rushme looking for wounded that she could help. Uh, but essentially, uh, we all made it back to spare parts after a while. And that was the end of the fighting. And that was the end Officially. of the fighting. Yeah, there's... Um, if there was any more fighting to do, I was going to be stuck with, uh, uh, crossbow and mace. Uh, Oh, I forgot. I actually did shoot my crossbow, but it missed. <laughs> um, so oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, uh, okay. So once we were back, um, Oh, before you guys left, uh, Deidre and York kind of had it out about him always putting, his job before family and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then, um, all of the districts took a lot of damage, but, uh, they said, uh, at the end of things, the tents of Rushme took the most. Um, it could have been much worse. Uh, Sarissa had waited for us at spare parts. Um, and Harshnag, uh, Gordon and Galranak all gathered there as well. And they were speaking giant. A few of us kind of inserted ourselves into their conversation. Um, so, uh, of the three of them, uh, Harshnag, Gordon, and Galranak, Gordon kind of didn't want to kneel before Sarissa, 
but ended up doing it. Um, and then when uh, Greybeard was getting ready to get down, um, Sarissa stopped him. Was like, "Hey, you know, you you've, you have old knees, and after what you guys did, you don't. None of you really need to be, um, you know, bowing down before me." And then we found out that she was the third-born princess uh, of the um, oh, what's the name of the uh, storm giant king? Hecaton. Yeah, and the dead queen. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, and she was the chosen heir of the Ordning and the Worm Skull Throne, wielder of the scepter of Colseer. And therefore is the uh, regent, as uh, she holds uh, dominion as the regent of uh, the domain of giant kind. So basically the de facto ruler. And she said she needed to return uh, home to the maelstrom uh, in the southern reaches. Um, uh, or she had to return uh, to the maelstrom, and she said that in the southern reaches of the Blue Spine uh, Peaks, uh, there was a citadel called the Eye of the Allfather, and it was encased in ice and hidden away and couldn't be found except for people who already knew where it was. And she said the Eye possessed powerful magic and uh, was a communicator to the deities, but the deities probably don't want to speak to giant kind, but they may speak to small folk. So it was going to be a dangerous and long journey, uh, but um, she basically said that all three of her giant companions knew where this was and any of them could guide us. And I think we were universally wanting uh, Harshnag to be our guide because Galranak was uh, a little old for the job, and I don't think any of us trust Gorodon. Is that accurate to say yeah i think he was just more arrogant and selfish for lack of a better term um not to saying that he's a bad person but he just goes kind of like gordon first um but whereas harshnag you know in the fight at the tens of rushime he um instead of like jumping into the fray and like fighting off the Etons or the hill giants you know he was like oh i'm i'm a friend of the small people i'm going to go fight off this hill giant that's on top of brook instead and help him out and that's what he did so you know he's got a soft spot for the small folk and you know he's more keen in helping us and i think if I remember correctly and I understand how things happened is that I think Sarissa said that he was also like a, uh, a, like a disciple or like a follower of Queen Neri who was also had a soft spot for the small folk. So that also to me, at least for Tomine, it was like, okay, all right. So he, the giant queen who likes small folk, this is one of her followers was one of her disciples or whatever. You know, he also likes the small folk. He is very competent in battle, um, and he doesn't seem to hate us. So, yeah. And then um, she also presented Prue with uh, a sash for each of us that had um, her 
uh, coat of arms or whatever on it, right? Yeah, it was like her um, it, house sigil or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and it would show that we were um, working for her, speaking with her voice, whatever, to anybody that we met, right? Mm-hmm. And also, a braid of her hair, specifically for Prue, and uh, that was, it had some sort of properties as well. Do you remember what they were? Um, either resistances or immunity to thunder damage. Okay. So, um, and, uh, and those two had a moment. Yeah, uh, as uh, Lars likes to put it in the in the chat, um, uh, it was smooching time. So, and I was curious how that dynamic was going to work out between a storm giant and a normal sized person. But uh, anyway, the um, once that was done, and we got the opportunity to long rest. We became seventh level, not sixth, seventh. Yeah. Two levels. I have only ever seen that happen, uh, I think twice. And both times, uh, it wasn't, uh, it was second edition rules and it was a thief uh, because they took the least amount of experience points to advance. They had been on the high end of one level and we and a fight had given them so many experience points that they actually skipped uh, a level. But uh, I'd never seen it happen for a uh, achievement based uh, advancement before. Although I'm still fairly new at that, I've only played fifth edition for a few years. So I will say, technically, um, you may not remember this, but in Miku's game, we kind of had a two level advancement um, when. We leveled up for doing the job and like clearing out those mind flare or not the mind flares, the Cthulhu people. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, we we leveled up from doing that, and then our reward for turning in the quest was another level. Yeah, and that's I do how it became that. ninth level because we went from seventh to ninth at that point. So there is that. Yep. Uh, I've but, not seen it happen often though. Yeah, and I think Teddy even said that um, like he was crunching numbers, and even if it was experience-based, we still had enough to go two levels. And this was a lot of very dangerous fighting for us. Um, oh, yeah. We would not have survived it if it hadn't been for the, uh, the other NPCs in the city. Uh, I don't know that we would have survived the attack on spare parts without the NPCs. Um, I agree. I, the attack on spare parts was so long ago. It was like three sessions ago and it was like an hour and a half of combat. It was just like, I barely remember it. I remember what happened, but I think you're, I think you're right. If, um, Sarissa didn't show up, it was kind of looking kind of dicey. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as, um, Sarissa, transformed it was um it completely flipped the dynamic of the battle because up until then we were on our heels um they were just swarming from all over um okay so um before we talk about 
the new level levels um let's talk for a minute about going to um the blue spine peaks and the citadel so um storm reach is on the northern side of the continent and this is almost completely on the southern side according to the map we saw and it is going to be a very long and dangerous journey and I'm wondering why, since we have a ship, we don't cheat and go around. Use the water. Um, I don't exactly know where it is, but I'm inclined to believe that it's more inland. So it's almost like a, I won't say a full-on peninsula, but it's, um, and it is, it does show that it's like icy down there. So I, I get that maybe we couldn't go the entire way. But if we could land, you know, if we could take even two-thirds or three-quarters of that trip out of, it, of the overland trip out of things, I don't know. Would we be better off? Um, that's, the, that's the practical side of my brain thinking. And then the other side goes, yeah, but we're not going to also get that experience that we probably need once we hit the citadel <laughs> so yeah um i'll tell you this much from a uh, tabanese perspective uh no boats no no boats well, uh she would much rather trek it on foot lord of the ring style and well, just go straight into the heart of Zendrick than so uh, you just pulled there. up a map and so do you see so storm reaches like on the very well, it's on the southern side of the very northern reach, right? Yes. And um, then and then you see the Blue Spire Mountains down there on the southeast side by what they call the Thunder Wall. So even if we couldn't get down to that area, you, could, you see uh, just east of the Dread Lake, it's still kind of green and, um, you know, not all icy. Even if we could take our boat down to there it would save us a lot of overland trip. So you're saying go from Stormreach, head east over the Thunder Sea, then wrap around south to the Dark Sea, and, you know, just kind of over by, like, Thunderwall, or, like, land? Well, so, so Thunderwall... Or more closer to the Dread Lake. Yeah, closer to Dread Lake, because Thunderwall, it looks like there's a lot of ice. Maybe we couldn't land there. Um, but if we could land, you know, just east of the Dread Lake, that's taking, what is that, two-thirds of our trip over land away. Could be. I don't know. That is something to consider. Well, once again, I, I don't know what, uh, you know, I just read some of these things, you know, the uh, the Titan's Teeth, the Wasting Plains. Um, I'm like, huh, wonder... If that's something that we really want to go through. Um, but regardless, um, I, that was the first thought that hit my head. It was like, we have a boat, and could we bypass a lot of this? Um, I, yeah, I mean, logically thinking, I think it'll save us a lot in the terms of, like, rations. But I don't know how the rest of the party feels. I think 
maybe um and I'm just speaking out of assumption. I have no idea how Prue feels about this. But I think maybe Prue might be excited to show off her ranger and survival skills going into the wastes of Zendrick rather than just taking a boat and shortcutting it her the way there. Don't know. But I, I would personally, if I was a ranger and my whole thing is about survival and hunting and all that stuff, and I, I would personally want to be thrilled to go out into the wilderness and finally have that skill set be shined and um and used um so that that would just be coming from my perspective although that being said prue has done well far and above everything else outside of being a, a, a ranger as well she's also done a huge amount of damage dealing she's has a way cooler divine sense than I have. Granted, it costs a spell slot, but it's still cooler than what I have. Um, you know, so you see, you see the scale, don't you? Over to the left of Phoenix uh-huh. Basin, what uh-huh. constitutes a thousand miles? Uh-huh. It, it's going to be twenty five hundred miles ish to get to on foot to get to where we're going. 2,500 miles or more. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there is a village along the way. So we might be able to stop there. Hell, we might even stop there if we go by sea, too. I don't know. And uh, I'm not sure what the... um, Oh, yeah, I am. If I would read the key. I'm like, I'm not sure what the little blobs on the orange blobs are those are volcanoes mm-hmm. yeah so that's probably fire giant territory <laughs> um, yeah. yeah so uh anyway that was just uh kind of like i said my own musings uh, should we should we slash could we go around and save ourselves some time and consternation um Alright, so um, I don't want to spend too much time, more time, and have this go over an hour, but I do want to, since we hit two levels, I do want to go over what you and I both um, gained in these two levels. Yep, go ahead. No, you go first. I'm more curious about what you got. Okay, so uh, moving up to seventh level, um, my spell slots went to, I get four first now, uh, which I was already getting. Uh, three second, which I was getting two, I think, uh, three third, uh, was, uh, only getting two of those and a fourth level now. So, um, yeah, the extra third level slots going to be huge because that's another spirit guardians. Um, the fourth level slot, I don't know how much. Um, how many really good spells are fourth level? Uh, I mean, there are some good spells, uh, just maybe not so much combat oriented. Um, the, um, there is a, uh, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but basically it's a stationary spell that'll do up to 60 points of damage. Um, and, uh, but other than that, and maybe um, like uh, death immunity, which if you get taken to zero the first time that happens, you get taken to one instead. 
um, that that can be worthwhile. Uh, really, my fourth level slot will probably most often get used for uh, upcast aid, uh, and that will definitely be the case when um, I get a second fourth level slot. Um, upcast to fourth level means uh, fifteen extra hit points, um, and then you add that to the hit points that. Tabadeh will be able to distribute the temporary hit points from uh, Inspiring Leader. Um, that'll be a, a significant boost. I also get two Channel Divinity now instead of one uh, per long rest, so that'll be pretty huge, especially on the healing front. Uh, at 7th level, I'll be able to um, distribute 35 hit points each time I use Channel Divinity. Um, so that's going to be nice. Um, I also get Blessed Healer, which is essentially Disciple of Life, but it works for me instead of someone else. So Disciple of Life, if I cast a leveled healing spell, um, it, it gives an extra two points of healing plus one per spell level to the recipient. And so healing word, first level spell, they would get an extra three hit points. And I've actually only been doing the plus two. I need to get that third one incorporated. Um, but anyway, that, um, that's going to be a nice, um, that's going to be a nice bump because now blessed healer does the same thing for me. If I cast healing word on Tabane, you get the two plus one in addition to whatever the dice roll is. And then I also get, um, two plus one, uh, but not the dice roll for the spell. So, so it's a little bit of healing for me as I heal others. So that's nice. Um, and then, uh, the, um, ability point increase I put on, uh, finally did get it and put that on strength. So now I'm at 15 and I can wear plate armor without disadvantages. Um, but, um, you know, don't have plate armor yet. So, <laughs> um, as of right now, it's a waste. It really doesn't, it does increase my carrying capacity by 15 pounds, but it doesn't really do anything else right now. No extra plus for hitting or anything like that. Um, and I think that's pretty much it. Um, you know, opening up fourth level is fourth level slots is a big. Yeah. Uh, you're excited about fourth level spell slots. Guess what I'm excited about? Second. <laughs> Second level. <laughs> so let's hear it. It's, it's so sad that I'm finally seventh level and I just now got second level spell slots. I mean, granted, I would have gotten them at sixth level, but since we jumped up to, um, I'm now I finally have second level spell slots. Um, uh, yeah, so that's big for me is um, I get a. Uh, Three first levels from Paladin and two second levels from uh, Warlock. I also get my Pact Boon feature, which I'm going to do Pact of the Blade because that's a prerequisite for Eldritch Smite. Um, plus, it's just good overall. Basically, all that does is um, I have a weapon that I create is my packed weapon and I can summon it and um, 
I can summon it and dismiss it at will. It does, um, it counts as a magical weapon if it wasn't already, but Spider of Nightmares is already magical, so that doesn't really all that matter. Um, you know, and it just, it adds a whole bunch of um, benefits that way. Um, the big thing is, is since I'm a Hexblade Warlock, um, I can now use my Charisma modifier as my two hit mo- bonus instead of my strength. And so right at for a while there they were both 16 so it didn't matter whether I was using strength or charisma because it was both a plus 3 so it didn't matter. But now with the ASI increase from Teddy's house rules from 6th level and I hit 4th level warlock, I get to do an ASI or a feat. And to take advantage of Teddy's house rules ASI, I'm going to do a feat at fourth level warlock and i'm taking fey touched which is going to give me a plus one to charisma out of the choices i have it's going to give me misty step and i'm probably going to pick up silvery barbs as my first level spell so that'll be something more tabani has in her pocket um to help out other people on top of that i get blur and branding smite so i get another smite in my collection of smites Blur is going to be huge. Yeah, Blur is going to be nice. Yeah, Blur is going to just is going to be great. Um, uh, you know what? And you're, you've you've uh, made me rethink my um, you've made me rethink my choice to take the point of strength. Perhaps I should look into. Uh, perhaps I should look into feats. Or did you get that feat because you're a warlock? I got that feat because I'm a warlock. Okay, yeah, so uh, then no, I don't need to. I was going to say, if I could take a feat, uh, next that would level, just give me a point of strength. <laughs> yeah, next level, everyone else, you guys, because you'll hit 8th level, um, I'm assuming that will be the next ASI increase for you guys. Yes, yes. But since I multiclassed, I'm behind the curve a little bit. I see. And so that's, that's, that's why, why it was different for you. Okay. That's why I get an ASI now instead of. So it, it wasn't the fact everybody. that you're a warlock. It's that you turned into a fourth level warlock. Yes. Okay. So that makes, that makes more sense. Um, I didn't remember seeing, uh, uh, Teddy giving out a feat in the house rules. I'm like, man, if that's the case, I need to rethink this. Um, no, 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 no. but the, uh, and I also won't be taking a feat when I hit, um, eighth level because, uh, that's going to push my wisdom up to 20. Yep. Um, and then that just means I am now one level closer to getting Eldritch Smite. And I'm not comfortable leaving the city without having Eldritch Smite. <laughs> because I know that's going to be huge for me. But at the same time, I don't know what more we can do to gain a level before we head out without having anything like really bad happen in the story so be that as it may i'm just gonna have to suck it up and hope i'll get eldritch smite on a return trip and have it um for the next big fight that we do and how many more levels until you hit eldritch smite just one i just need one more i just need a warlock and then as soon as you hit that you're headed back to paladin yes but at that point we'll be close to finishing the campaign okay Um, so but If I do get one more in um, Warlock, I go from second level to third level spellcasting. Nice. So I'm catching up. It's slow but steady, but I'm catching up to everyone. Um, 
any any other bonuses for your new levels? Any new abilities? Uh, no, I only got my pack feature and an ASI from those two levels. And second level spellcasting. That's really all that I got from it. Okay, so... Oh, I, go I got another cantrip as well, but that was that's about it. What'd you take? I didn't know what to take. I really... I looked at it, I thought about it, and I'm like, ah, this, nothing's really speaking out to me. I knew this was going to be an issue a long time ago. So I just went with my gut, and it just... It sounds like it'll be okay. I just took create bonfire for utility rather than damage. Well, probably where we're going, that'll get some use. That's what I was kind of <laughs> thinking. Um, okay. So I did want to mention one other thing, um, that Sarissa mentioned that there might be another, uh, piece. Uh, what I took at, we differ on how we heard this. I took it to mean that there was another piece of the, whatever was created with that Titanic toe we found. Uh, I thought that the, she mentioned that there might be another piece of that in the maelstrom. You took it as that there might be another piece of the, um, the Titanic artifact that, um, that Portia has the Ori, the Ori. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm, I only interpreted that way based out of the context it was said is because the context that I understood it and the way it was said is that Sarissa is entrusting Portia with the Titanic relics that she has now. Yes. And she's doing that because she feels like it's better for them to be on the move rather than one spot like the toe. Um, and she said there might be another Titanic relic in the maelstrom, but she'll have to look and come back and get to us. And then she went along the line saying of like she has no idea what the fire giants wanted with the toe, but knowing them, it's not a good thing that they are interested in the toe. So we'll have to so, get clarification on which was meant. Yeah. Um, cause I definitely could have heard it wrong, um, or just taken it the wrong way. So, uh, okay. So, uh, I don't have a, uh, do you have anything else about the adventure or do you want to go to your report? I think that about covers it up. Um, so I did not have any, um, told the dead cast this go around, but we will get to your, um, Eldritch blast and flame blade report. So, All right. so um, green flame blade, we used it twice or I used it twice. Uh, landed in a miss, so still at 50% at three each. Um, literally hit or miss on that one. Uh, Eldritch Blast is a lot more forgiving. Um, granted, I think I used it on the Frost Giants, thereby having a relatively low AC, um, but nothing to scoff at. And we went from 8 hits to 12 hits, and I didn't miss a single one, so that only went up from there, from 615 to 70.5%. That's pretty good. Seventy uh, percent, I'd take that. Yeah, over here, like what, thirty-two percent? Yeah, I'm still sitting uh, eight for twenty-five, so thirty-two percent. I. That's all. Uh, so that's all of that. Yep. 
That's all I got. I do like this song. <laughs> uh, I I think that drummer just collapses at the end of it. Um, so, okay, yeah, good session. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, doing the town fight was, um, uh, took us three full sessions, or at least two and a half sessions to get all the way through. Or was it three? So it was like no, it was three. like it was three and a half because we did like half a session at spare parts, and then we did um, other districts, and I had to miss the second half twice because of work, and then I was here for this one. So it was it was uh, over three sessions to get the uh, to get the city fight done. So it was a big ordeal. It certainly was. Um, I'm. I, like I said early on, I was expecting two fights, not expecting the third. <clears throat> so, all right, man. Uh, anything else? Nope. Um, that about covers it up. Okay. Well, once again, oh, as always, I appreciate you taking the time out to do this with me and uh, recap the game. Kind of helps solidify things in my mind. And um if, uh, if I don't get to talk to you before the weekend, then we'll certainly see you then. So. Yeah, it was good talking with you. All right, Cap. We'll talk to you later and get this one out for everybody. Yeah.